Okay, sorry for the music. Uh, it was the first one I selected. <laughs> good morning, good morning, everyone. Are we live, Marika? Yes, we're live. Okay, it's really good to uh, be coming uh, from Orlando this morning. And um, actually, if I could tell uh, everybody, we are standing in front of a big window. It's a little bit humid here so there's a bit of a mist on the window but we've got a nice view outside of a lake and a freeway and um you sort of like feel like you're on holiday so mm -hmm. uh, we're coming from the convention center the gaylord palms hotel in florida in orlando and uh so it's our great pleasure this morning to be able to talk to you about uh simon sinek's book leaders eat last and we are on now on chapter 27. So we're drawing to the close of the book. Um, and I'm, I confess to being a little bit sad that we're getting to the end because um, I think the book speaks to both Marie-Pierre and I being scientists because there are things in it that are obviously scientific. So um, one of the things Simon talks about in this chapter is empathy. And empathy is a word that he has used quite a lot during his uh, book. Um, and he talks about when Johnny Bravo had empathy with the people on the ground in Afghanistan, and he was able to, uh, to do his job and go and protect them. Um, but he had a bit of an wake up call because um, one morning one of his chief officers came into work and he was late and uh, johnny bravo was like well what do you what do you mean you're late you can't be late and the guy says oh i've been up doing this and we've just had a new baby and we've had to move accommodation and it was a really a bit of a slap in the face i suppose for johnny bravo to realize that empathy doesn't just exist for people who are detached from you, for people who are maybe our customers, our clients. But you also need to be able to have empathy with the people who are close to you, who uh, rely on you. And leadership, ha you know, with leadership, we have the responsibility to do more. We can't do just enough to get by. Just enough is not going to work in moments of crisis. People have to know that you can step up and take leadership and be there for them when they need you. Um, you can lead organizations with empathy. It does not have to be a cutthroat organization to be uh, successful. And, you know, we've talked a lot during the last few chapters about dopamine-driven environments where um, there are so many ups and so many downs that uh, people are um, 
you know, suffering from stomach ulcers, probably because of all the cortisol that's running through their brains every time they get stressed. And you don't need to be a leader like that. If you can think of being a leader as a parent, then you know that you have to commit to the well-being of your people, not just to driving them to get better results for you. In science, where I was in a little scientific equation this morning, which took me back to my, uh, my university days, uh, Newton, um, a great scientist, he came up with the formula F equals MA, which is force equals mass times acceleration. And he says, you know, if you have a big mass and the acceleration's the same, you have to have a big force. And sometimes companies, when they do that, when they want to have a movement, a change, what they do is they put a lot of force into play. And what does the force comprise of? It comprises of um, big shakeups in the organization, restructuring, um, you know, downsizing, all these words that come out when uh, there are changes. And what it can do, of course, is defocus and destabilize and undermine the circle of safety. And, you know, what people forget is in the formula F equals MA, there's also an A. And the A is acceleration. Now your acceleration can be really fast or really slow. And the best leaders control the acceleration rate. And I would have to say that we recently went through quite a lot of changes at Tupperware. And we have a leader who's very conscious of the A. She's very conscious that if you can gradually introduce something, like drip feed it to your people, making them feel secure all the time, or perhaps preparing them for the worst, when the actual news comes in, it doesn't seem so bad. So what, what, hap what actually happens is that the leader creates a circle of safety as you're moving forward. And so uh, I'm so grateful to Maria for her um, ability to control the A and keep the circle of safety intact. So leadership is not just the responsibility of the leaders at the top. Leaders need to realize that everything that happens is going to impact their people. But you can be a leader even if you're further down in the organization. So when there are things going wrong in the organization, if you can echo the thoughts of the leader because they're giving you the right uh, information, what it does is it stabilizes everyone. So when there's a problem, what you do is you, um, you put a positive spin on it. You know, uh, I always remember when we had a lot, a lot of problems with, um, with deliveries um, at Tupperware and things were taking months sometimes to arrive. And you know, the tendency would be to say, oh, it's so bad, I hate this. Uh, you know, my clients are so unhappy. But actually what I did, um, because I had the leadership from Maria to say, you know, you've got to calm it down. 
what I did was I sort of came up with a formula and I said to everybody, you know, we actually have four times the sales and half the number of people to do the packaging. That means the people who are left working have eight times the amount of workload that they had before COVID started. So if your delivery time was two weeks or three weeks before, now expect it to be 24 weeks. And if you explain it in those ways, people say, oh yeah that makes sense and then they're they're willing to be patient because everybody is suffering the same things so the leadership has to follow their leader they have to support changes and they have to keep the circle of straight of circle of safety strong no matter what level of the organization they are and if we do little things for one another we will all feel good and every day, one day at a time, we can build our people and build our companies. But to tell us a little bit more about that, I'm going to hand over to Marie-Pierre. Yes, thank you, Melanie. And I look at your notes and I saw that the last thing you wrote is the thing that I wanted to start with. So it's really funny because the last um, line in this chapter is let us all be the leader we wish we had. So that's exactly what I wanted to cover this morning with you. So yes, we want to be those leaders, but what exactly do we want in a leader? So if I ask you, what do you want in a leader? If you want, go right in the chat, go right in the comments. What is it? What are the qualities that you want in a leader? So maybe you say, okay, yes, I want someone that is uh, um, that will feel safe with the, them and maybe something like that. But Maybe it's really not that easy to say, oh, it's that thing that I want in a leader. So I made obviously some research for you guys this morning about the top five qualities that people want in a leader. So maybe it will help you to say, okay, yes, that's something that I really want. So that means it's something that I need to have if I want to be a leader for your family, for your organization, for your team member, or maybe just when you go in your community to be that leader that you wish you uh, you had, so you will be this leader. So what is those top five qualities that we want in a leader? Number one is the ability to listen and to listen generally. So <laughs> there is a, an unmet need in the modern workforce when it comes to leader who can listen. So it means you need to uh, uh, you need the right people as a leader. Maybe it's not you at the moment, but yes, we need to have the right people. The leaders that work most closely with the greatest number of people are the ones that you want uh, speaking and listening for your company. So for us, I know Maria is meeting a lot of people. So she can make sure that if she tells us something, that's really true because she talked with everyone and she has that ability to listen and to take the time to listen. So apart from being a moral booster for your team and, and your, um, your employee, there's a real miserable value in leader who know how to listen, including generating a potentially great and profitable idea. Number two qualities is the willingness to give critic where it's due. So there's probably no counting the number of lawsuits 
of um, that involve uncredited idea, invention, hard work, musical <laughs> numbers, and much more. So people need more than just a sympathetic ear. They need to know they will be credited appropriately for the idea, even if it's that uh, just a shout out at the next and all meeting. So just make sure that yes, the willingness to give the credit where it's due. <laughs> okay, I have to tell you, I keep my focus, but I don't know if you can hear everything that is going around. We found the spot that it seems the quieter in the but now <laughs> hotel, the music's going. but I'm not so sure about now. <laughs> but we will continue with that. <laughs> Number three is the ability to adapt to their team. So in some, some circumstances, it's probably a good thing that employees and teams tend to remake themselves in their leader's image. But a lot has been said and written about the great leader who surround themselves with people who help them see their blind spots, who brought new perspective and who are more often than not work in a different fashion, even if their endpoint and goal were the same. It seems like a great leader might do well to become a chameleon of sorts. So a leader or a boss should give their team members space within reason to discover the workflow, the schedule, the processes and tools that works best for them. The result is preservation of team harmony and certain rigorous instability in how your employee pursue their work. It also means you will develop not one fixed management strategy, but rather a subtle tailor-made one for each person on your team. Number four, number four, they call it the infectious passion. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what line of work you're in, People need to know their leader are as invested in what's going on as they expect their employee to be. So if you're a leader yourself, you got there for a reason. It can have been a mistake. So why were you passionate about what you do? So failing that, how can you go about cultivating a better love for what you do <laughs> if you don't feel prepared for, uh, for or inclined toward it? There's a part of a grander picture here that your employees really need to be able to count on. <laughs> so you have a vision for the company and you want them to have one too, but you need to communicate that passion using a richer language <laughs> and you want them to have one uh, uh, language that earning and figure uh, and uh, other benchmarks. So you want to leave some kind of mark on the world and if that mark is hazy and distinct and comes from a leader without a zeal for what they do, so you can expand, expect the rest of the company to feel uh, very invested either. And the last one, number five, is the integrity. So impeccable integrity. <laughs> so psychology tells us that there's a centered instinct in human being when it comes to looking for role models. So from an early age in school to coaches, professor, uh, professor and co-worker and eventually bosses and other kinds of leaders, we look for behavior we feel is worth emulating. So regrettably, all of us who strive toward positivity and good integrity in business and life, even if we fail sometimes, seem to be up against the impossible odds. So our culture and even entertainment seem to reward the uh, Britishness and under 
under enderness. <laughs> so as a leader, we can try to cultivate something different in the workplace, but integrity means treating everybody with respect uncompromisingly, mm -hmm. not cutting corners and maintaining a certain will for life, even when not everything is ideal. So I hope with those five points, it can help you understand um, maybe what you want in a leader. So maybe what kind of leader you want to be. So yes. remember, if there's something that you want in a leader, that means that if you want to grow as a leader, you need to develop those qualities too. So I hope you have a great day today. So I'm really excited. It's the last day for us at Orlando, in Orlando for our Jubilee. So we'll see you next week with something new. Yeah. So have a good day, everyone. Bye. Bye. Oopsie. <laughs> bye bye on Podbean. Bye.